0: Kindness is something that's learned over a lifetime. I don't think we're inherently born with it. The older we get and the more we learn and the more experiences we have, maybe the kinder or not so kind we become. And I think I've been lucky to encounter a lot of really kind people, but I think saying Athens is kind is a really hard generalization to make.
1: To the latest episode of the Little Decisions Podcast, your one-stop shop for learning about the power of kindness through intentional little decisions. I'm so glad you are able to join me today. I don't know about you, but lately I feel like I'm being tugged in multiple directions at once. I want things to slow down so I can focus on what I'm doing one at a time. Lucky for us, that's the title of today's episode, Focus One at a Time. What does such a singular focus have to do with kindness? You'll have to stick around to find out. Up first, housekeeping. For housekeeping this week, I want to share with you some upcoming projects I'm working on. I have a UGA special that will be out this spring. It's inspired by the national championship win in football, but it will be about more than just that. I'm also working on a hometown miniseries where I interview kind people from my childhood home of Warner Robins, Georgia, I'm still doing interviews for the Kindness in Our World series, which is where I go beyond Athens to talk with people whose kindness is making an impact. I'm also working on local stories based on recommendations from listeners. If you have someone you want to hear from or a topic you'd like to understand better through kindness, feel free to reach out to me on any of my social media platforms or email me directly at littledecisionspodcast at gmail.com plenty of elbow grease in that one. That's housekeeping. For this words matter, I want to talk about the idea of focus, a singular focus. Focus is defined as the center of interest or an act of concentrating interest on something. It makes sense then if we are to center our concentration on something, it should be one single thing, right? Yet, All we hear about is the power of multitasking. When we focus on one single thing, we can give that thing the respect it deserves. Now I'm not saying you stop doing multiple things at once in your life. Everyone should know how to walk and chew gum. What I'm saying is it's kind when we make the little decision to focus on just one thing. In a world driven by productivity and accomplishments, we often miss the power of one. But as the Lincoln Park lyric goes, it starts with one. We change big things and small things one step at a time, one decision at a time. We can treat everyone with kindness the same way, by focusing on one act at a time. These one acts are how we create a culture of kindness that lifts each and every one of us up and helps build our human connection. And invariably, when we mess up, we do that one at a time, too. So how can we focus one at a time through kindness? We can start by slowing down, pausing, and taking a deep breath. We can learn to stop looking at the world in absolutes, stop assuming ideas are clear cut, or that solutions are black or white. We can start Q-tipping, which means quit taking it personal. Stop putting ourselves as the center of everything. All of those are bigger decisions I know, And you help get to those better, bigger decisions by starting with one little one. Our gut often knows where we need to look to change, what little decisions we can start with. How? Well, if you behave in a certain way and you have a physical response to it, like your stomach feels heavy or your chest feels tight, take the time to pause and look at that. What single little decision could you have changed that might have made the situation different? I've found myself in the middle of an argument before, having no idea how I got there, and knowing for certain I didn't want to stay there. So I've stopped myself literally mid-sentence, turned to my family member, and apologized for my words and behaviors. I tried to be specific, focusing on one behavior in particular that I regret most. And through that one decision, the conversation usually shifts. And I'm lucky because I have family kind enough to let me make those mistakes and to give me the space to fix them. What one area can you focus on right now to help you make kinder, more powerful little decisions? Start as big as you need to and begin breaking that down from there until it's small enough for you to focus on one single behavior you can change. Then just go for it. If you're already miserable from poor decisions, what do you have to lose? Learn to narrow your focus, remember your words matter, and you can build a community connected through kindness. For the nostalgia inspired segment this week, I want to look back at the 1980s television show The Wonder Years. Keeping with the theme of this episode, I will focus on surprisingly singular facts that remind us just how unique this show really was. This coming of age story is told mostly through the narration of one character. Kevin Arnold who is played by Fred Savage. Fred Savage is the only cast member to appear in every episode of the series. I still remember the New York Jets jacket that was worn by Kevin the first few seasons of the show. This show was different from others of its time in several key ways. It used a single camera setup, had the use of a narrator, and did not use a laugh track. According to a Mental Floss article linked in the show notes, The Wonder Years was described as, quote, a bit of Americana, and won its first Emmy after just six shows had aired. The Wonder Years was the only acting Danica McKellar did in her youth. She was hired to play Winnie at the age of 12. In the series premiere, Kevin and Winnie both shared their first kiss ever when it was filmed for the show. Wow. Imagine if your first kiss was recorded for all the world to see. I still remember how sad I felt when the series finally ended after six seasons, and Winnie and Kevin didn't get their happy ending. It was the first television couple I could relate to, and I wanted them to have their happily ever after. But that's not how life is. Most of us don't end up with our first loves, and many of us are better for that. After the series ended, Danica then left acting for a number of years to pursue her passion in mathematics. Other fun singular facts about the show include the fact that a potato dish of some kind is mentioned in every family dinner scene filmed, and whenever the kids ate in the school cafeteria, there was always green jello. Alicia Silverstone appeared in one episode of the show. One of the biggest issues that delayed the series being released to DVD and streaming was the music used in the original airings. The songs, which were popular hits at the time, caused issues around licensing the rights to all that music. Because the show featured so many young actors who were still in school, many of the scenes were filmed as solo takes and were edited together later. Lastly, I would say that this one show was the most influential in the development of my love for television and is a benchmark in my childhood. Here's a quote from season four that helps remind you how this show felt. This was narrated by adult Kevin, which was played by Daniel Stern. Adolescence is a battle, a life-or-death mission in hostile territory. You tiptoe through minefields, dodge bullets, try to do the right thing, in a crazy time. But war has another side, the noble side, forging friendships between improbable comrades, uniting men, bringing together the good, the bad, the ugly. Along around ninth grade, one thing was clear. In the battle of growing up, junior high school was basic training. Not that any of us had actually enlisted in this army. Still, we'd learned one thing. We'd learned how to survive. It was all a matter of balance, poise, keeping your head down, voiding the war. Until, that is, the war came to you. All 115 episodes of this series can be streamed on Hulu now, ABC also created a reboot of the show in 2021, keeping the title The Wonder Years. This new version is described as, quote, a coming-of-age story set in the late 1960s that takes a nostalgic look at a black middle-class family, end quote. We do love our nostalgia. Hey, Grams. I'm sorry we keep playing phone tag. I've been super busy with the podcast especially now that I'm actively seeking sponsors for the show. I'm excited to be offering local businesses and community investors this opportunity to actually talk about what they do, and that's all part of their advertising space on the podcast. It's a pretty unique and cost-effective way to advertise in today's digital market space. Anyone interested can either visit my website, littledecisionspodcast.com, to look at the sponsorship opportunities page, or they can email me directly at littledecisionspodcast at gmail.com. Look, I'm even pitching to you. I hope you're doing well and tell Papa I love him. A bushel on a peck and a hug around the neck. Talk to you soon. For quotes this week, I present five references to kindness and a singular focus. Enjoy. Quote one: Attitude is a choice. Happiness is a choice. Optimism is a choice. Kindness is a choice giving is a choice respect is a choice whatever choice you make makes you choose wisely roy t bennett the light in the heart quote two three things in human life are important the first is to be kind the second is to be kind and the third is to be kind henry james quote three do your little bit of good where you are It's those little bits of good put together that overwhelm the world. Desmond Tutu. Quote four. I hope you will have a wonderful year. That you'll dream dangerously and outrageously. That you'll make something that didn't exist before you made it. That you will be loved and that you will be liked. And that you will have people to love and to like in return. And most importantly, because I think there should be more kindness and more wisdom in the world right now, That you will, when you need to be, be wise, and that you will always be kind. Neil Gaiman Quote 5 We cannot tell the precise moment when friendship is formed. As in filling a vessel drop by drop, there is at last a drop which makes it run over. So, in a series of kindness, there is at last one which makes the heart run over. Ray Bradbury, Fahrenheit 451 Up next, some fun pineapple facts. Why? Because we all have our little obsessions and my single biggest one is still pineapples. Did you know that pineapple juice is a hundred times more effective than cough syrup for curing a cough? Pineapples also help with sugar cravings and are a great natural alternative if you're trying to cut back. The pineapple is low in calories and high in vitamins and nutrients. With just one cup of pineapple, you get one-third of your daily dose of vitamin C and over 100% of your daily value of manganese, which helps strengthen your bones. And that same one cup is also 10% of your daily fiber and a healthy dose of your B vitamins. Also packed in that delicious yellow bite is a bunch of minerals your body needs to function properly, including copper and potassium. The pineapple is also the only food known to contain bromelain, Bromaline is an enzyme which not only helps skin and tissue heal, it also helps produce natural substances in your body that can help combat pain and swelling. Bromaline can fight infection and kill bacteria, too. It's believed that same enzyme also helps aid in weight loss. Okay, so now that I've convinced you to go buy a pineapple, you're probably wondering how to know if it's ripe yet, right? That turns out it's pretty easy to tell. First, you want your pineapple to be a golden color. Bright orange means it's past its prime. Green means it's unripe. The knots or eyes are on the outside of the pineapple should also be large when a pineapple is ripe and ready. Pineapple should have a little bit of give when you squeeze it and should smell sweet and fresh. If the pineapple also feels heavy and its leaves are green and easy to pick, it's ready to be consumed. Once you bring that delicious fruit home, you can store it either on the counter for two days or in the fridge for five. Once cut, you should keep it in an airtight container in the refrigerator for no more than five days. Slice it, chunk it, grill it, or blend it, but go enjoy yourself some pineapple today. For In the News this week, I want to talk about a recent Wall Street Journal article I read. It was about decision fatigue and is linked in the show notes. Here are some of my takeaways. The article began by talking about a recent American Psychological Association survey which revealed that one-third of adults and nearly half of millennials are struggling to make even the most basic of decisions, like what to eat or where, all thanks to the pandemic. However, new beginnings, like the start of a new year, can be powerful motivators in helping people see the bigger picture and be more willing to make bigger and smaller decisions that can result in change or growth. The article includes advice from various experts on how to adjust our thinking and make it easier to make both big and small decisions. The best advice I read? Outsource decisions you don't have to make alone or at all. And remember that most decisions can be altered or completely changed later, if needed. After reading this article, I also thought about how the pandemic seems to have us all in a state of panic, which is exhausting in and of itself. This constant perception of a threat has us stuck in fight or flight mode, but it's more than that. This mode includes four Fs, fight, flight, freeze, or flirt. Fight or flight we know from basic psychology. We either stand our ground by digging in or we run away. The freeze is exactly that, paralysis, and able to commit to anything. Flirt, which could also be called fawn, is about distracting through silliness attractiveness or helpfulness this one's a personal favorite of mine this is where the power of intentional kindness one act at a time could be really helpful if you feel decision fatigue or you notice yourself using one of the four f's when you don't want to try to stop yourself and focus on the one thing you are needing to decide in that moment right then and just make that one if you're just out of the shower take a big breath walk into the closet, and be kind to yourself. Try to find a color that makes you feel happier, or pick out an outfit based solely on how comfortable it is. Are you experiencing decision fatigue too? Cut yourself a break and just decide to keep listening, because kindness and practice is up next. For kindness and practice today, I wanted to introduce someone else who is telling the story of Athens, one interview at a time.
0: Uh, My name is Emily Cameron, and my project is The Local Athenian.
1: The tagline for The Local Athenian is, one story, one picture, one Athenian at a time. That singular focus is what inspired today's episode being called Focus, one at a time.
0: Well, I guess for a while now, I've been trying to figure out if Athens is where I wanted to put roots down. And I was 26 at the time. Uh, And it's kind of in that part of your life where you're like, could I go someplace else? I had been here for seven years, and I was kind of one of those people where if I go someplace or if I stay, I want to be committed to staying here. And I thought that a good way to do that would be to meet people that are really involved with the community. And kind of in conjunction with that, one of my favorite accounts on Instagram is uh, Humans of New York. Yeah. And... A lot of what Brandon does with Humans of New York uh, is kind of what I based the local Athenian off of. I didn't really know what it was going to look like um, to start, uh, and I wasn't sure if it was going to be those like a really long paragraph like he does on his Instagrams or the way that it has turned out is it's like long form journalism. So the stories are very long. It takes the time to read them. Um, It's a commitment to read them, but I would say that I was inspired by him mostly and just the ability to go out and just talk to people on the street and people in the community and just kind of understand what makes this community what it is.
1: Emily has been publishing stories on the local Athenian since she created it in 2020 and has interviewed a wide variety of locals, including Kishi Bashi, Cameron Jay of Classic City Crime Podcast, The Pink Flamingo, and myself, just to name a few.
0: I loved Vernon Thornsberry. Uh, he was actually the second one that I did, and I at that point, I didn't really know what I was doing and I mean I still don't really know what I'm doing, I just kind of wing it. Mm -hmm. But he is old time Athens and when I sat and listened to him talk, it was just like being transported back in the day. He's known so many people and he's an artist, he's a musician, he rides around on his scooter and delivers coffee beans and he was just the epitome of Athens to me. I think it was a really great second story and the photos that I took of him will always stay with me. They're some of my favorite photos I've ever taken for the local Athenian. And more recently, I really enjoyed Amanda Corbett's wet plate photographer, which is this old-time photography style, and I guess I just really resonated with a lot of her perspectives on life and living and just Athens and all the things, and I think that was probably also one of my favorites. Every story that I've done, I walk away from it. and I'm like, this is what I should be doing. It can be... A very simple story it can be very complex but every time i walk away from it i'm just like wow this is 100 percent what i w- was brought to be alive to do
1: from her about me on the local athenian.com emily states i created this platform with the desire to dig deep into the roots that allow this community to flourish i hope with every conversation and every story that i am lucky enough to share readers will discover or expand upon an ever-evolving appreciation for this small town. What an amazingly kind goal to share the beauty and diversity of our community with each other.
0: There's a lot of similarities in what people say about the town uh, and just how everybody is connected by like one degree. It's like one degree of separation. And for the most part, everybody seems to have each other's backs, especially in the artist and musician community and beyond. But I think that there are more stories to be told. And I think that some of the hardest stories to be told haven't been told yet. And so that's kind of what I'm hoping to get to. And that's who I'm hoping to reach. It's just a matter of going outside of the classic, what people envision Athens to be, which is this music and arts town. And it's like, we are more than that. We have one of the worst poverty levels in the state. Mm -hmm. And it's like, there's a lot more to this town, good and bad than people realize.
1: Her writing is kind and compassionate, and Emily's wide variety of guests allow many sides of the community in the Classic City to be seen. Every Sunday, the story of one local is published.
0: I think from the start, I've kind of just flown by the the seat of my pants in a way, and it has evolved. I've become way more efficient with how I just get it all situated during the week, and when I started it out, I was like, okay, I'm going to do one story a week. And that's a big commitment to make. Yeah. And it's. I didn't know if I was going to be able to find people. I just kind of shared this the other week because I celebrated one year of doing it. But I've always found someone every week. Every Somebody has shown up or somebody has contacted me or I have ran into somebody who's willing to be a part of the project. I just get blown away. It's amazing. And I would love to see a book come out of the first year. I'm kind of working towards that, just a small coffee table book. Yeah. And if I am here long term, which quite honestly it it really feels like it is home mm-hmm. then maybe there's a book every year and it's just like that's just something that comes out of all the stories is one year of stories one volume two volume three volumes yeah. forever I'm thinking that'll be super special but I'm also just letting it kind of grow organically because I don't I don't want to force anything yeah. I'm not, I haven't really forced it it's just all happened and I've just Gone with the flow and trusted that it's going to work out and it has so i'm kind of just going with that same mindset
1: emily has lived in athens since her time at uga which began in 2013. she describes athens as a welcoming loving albeit extremely unique city which is part of the charm that made her want to not only live here but create here
0: i think it's hard to generalize a place as kind We have a lot, a lot, a lot of kind people that exist within the community, but I still think that there are people who need a little bit of influence from the kind. I mean, obviously everybody that I've encountered with a local Athenian has been very kind to me, and I'm sure they've been kind to other people. Kindness is something that's learned over a lifetime. I don't think we're inherently born with it. The older we get and the more we learn and the more experiences we have, maybe the kinder or not so kind we become. And I think I've been lucky to encounter a lot of really kind people. But I think saying Athens is kind is a really hard generalization to make.
1: I knew I wanted to interview Emily because our missions were so similar. We both want people to see Athens through those that live in it, contribute to it.
0: Kindness to me, it's an action, but it's also an adjective to describe. It's an adjective that describes an action in a way. And I think that with all the experiences that we have in our life, that can really contribute to how we treat people, and it contributes to our whole definition of kindness. Putting other people first, but I think I've realized through the local Athenian that it's kindness is listening. That's the most simple definition for me, is just the willingness to listen, whether that person is exactly like you or not like you at all. And all it takes is just a little bit of patience and an ear, and to me, that can open a lot of doors yeah and that's kind
1: emily is attempting to create a space where all are welcome stories are shared and a community is brought together
0: like i want to be able to go to go into kroger and, and see people i know and be able to like actually strike up a conversation and not just like pass by them and wonder what's their story you know it's like oh no i know their story because i sat down and i listened to it yeah and today i was riding my bike and i was behind a car and the woman had a cross in her wind or um hanging from her mirror and she was older it was like a buick a very beat-up buick and i was just like that woman has a really awesome story and nobody's telling it i think it's moments like those where i'm like that's just what i'm here to do
1: you can find emily on instagram at the local athenian or you can read her amazing stories by visiting the local as this episode prepares to end i want to focus on one important part of all of this And that's the power of one person practicing intentional kindness. Whatever brings you here, I hope you leave knowing that your little decisions have great power and that at any single moment, you can choose to be kind. Even if it's a simple smile to a stranger, we can all lift each other up, one kindness at a time. Thanks so much for joining me today. I'll be back next Tuesday with another Kindness in Our World interview, and then again next Thursday for another episode. Until then... I hope you're able to focus one at a time. Pineapple with care.